We were waiting for you, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast, episode number seven. I am your host, Joe Zakreski, joined by Eddie Cayazzo. Hi, Ed. How are you? Joe, I'm doing well. It's good to be back with you for a full episode of yeah. the Red River Horror Podcast. Been a couple weeks. A little bit. Yeah, but we had we had some fun. You know, we had the interview. And then we had the ghost story, and now we are sitting here together for a full episode for the first time, long time. Finally. Yeah. Feels good. Feels good. Especially we have this episode will come out on Monday, September 7th, Labor Day. Oh. So that is the what, unofficial end to summer. I'd, for, I guess, what used to be, that, that used to be the first week of school, I guess now it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's 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 changed quite a bit just because well you know what it is it's when there's a later labor day they'll start before though i don't mm. remember it being like that when we were kids no i i remember starting school always after labor day after labor day yeah. but but that's when it's coming out this this episode so people yeah. red river horror fans will have something to listen to while they relax by the lake by the yeah. beach by the ocean you've got a day off and you can enjoy that by listening to us (laughs) Mm -hmm. so but no we're gonna we're going so we're going back to a movie to finish up the summer and i know what you didn't do this summer which nothing but Would, would you say that that was the what is that catalyst to the the reason why we decided to do this film release this podcast on labor day because of that that really funny meme that kind of went viral i know you didn't do shit last summer so (laughs) let's talk about i know what you did last summer in the summer of 2020 will never be forgotten absolutely so let's go to the genre that really shaped our uh our love of horror movies which was the hot kids getting stabbed in the 90s (laughs) a classic but we're going with this one you know and this was the first time i think i've watched this movie since 98 99 i don't know if we did i don't know did we ever watch it again this this would have been before we started doing the basement thing only because i remember watching this one on vhs rented from west coast video wow so i used to sleep in what we used to call at my old house the tv room Mm -hmm. and it was like a small room oh yeah and we had that's where the TV and the VCR was. I don't know if we had a DVD player, although this was released on October 17th, 1997. Right. So I would have seen it in 98. That's that's what I figured. I'm just like, okay, I watched this 22 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm going to get this out of the way real quick because we were doing a little bit of prep before there and you could, I, I was trying to cover it up, but I guess you could sense my uh disinterest oh i definitely did not enjoy this the way i did when i was a kid (laughs) like it was like i was so excited i'm just like oh yeah we're gonna cover this one on the podcast we'll talk about it's gonna be so much fun and then i'm watching like okay so you know and and that's fine it was still it's still fun but it was like 100 percent post scream cash grab it was but there was i gave some wrong information Ooh, but i was right ultimately but i gave a little bit of misinformation in one of our earlier podcasts when i was talking about the slasher films i said oh it was like i know what you did last summer it was like one of them uh late 90s dimension films which uh, the weinsteins all that dimension films but mm-hmm. it wasn't a dimension film It was actually Columbia Pictures, which is Sony, and Mm. Mandalay Bay. But Mm. the reason I got it confused is all a lot of those movies were written by Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson, of course, famous for Scream. That was his big... And Dawson's Creek. So he was the guy back in the day for writing these horror films. He knew how to write 20-somethings as teens. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, we loved them all. I mean, there was, it was, I mean, I remember we were in grade school. I mean, it was a big thing. It was, were you a Jennifer Love Hewitt guy or were you a Nev Campbell guy? Ah. It, oh, both it, were party of five. Yeah, and then correct? both had their respected horror movies. Yeah. So, oh. you know, you had, you had to pick a side. It all comes together. 
you know, nobody went straight buff. No, I don't think anyone ever threw out Sarah Michelle Gillard. <laughs> wow. So this would have been released on home video. Yeah. Released in October 97. So yeah, it, cash grab. I always think Hollywood obviously knows what they're doing. Oh yeah. It's business. But only leaving like two weeks before Halloween, that's a little bit fishy. Yeah. I, I like I wouldn't if I was marketing this film, I don't know that I'd only give it two weeks in theaters unless I guess does horror have more than two weeks shelf life in theaters? Mm, I, I think if you're gonna try and capture that Halloween one, you really want to capture it within those first two weeks. Yeah. So maybe that's it was, about it. Like if you September, you're a little premature. Early October, even then's a bit like you catch that like October seventh, like fifteen through twenty before the thirty first. I think that's the sweet spot. Yeah, who am I kidding? Blumhouse released Halloween in the month of October. Whereas so when we were I guess when we would have had the opportunity to see horror films in theater the most, you mm-hmm. and I, August was the big horror month. August that's was when a they all one. dropped. Yeah. But thinking about it now, Blumhouse has the the formula kind of down to release Halloween because Halloween made a ton of money in 2018. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I, I'm completely full of crap yeah, with this it, uh, October. No, because you know what? When you think about it, August is also like a perfect time to do it because that's when people start being like, summer's almost over, fall's coming. Boom. Yeah. Horror movie. I mean, it's basically like how they release pumpkin beers, even though that's completely separate. That's just because of distribution. <laughs> right. But pumpkin beers coming out at the end of July, beginning of August, always. It's kind of a big WTF. Okay. You know that we worked at a beer distributor we did. together. We did. We know this, man. I always loved the pumpkin beers. I am. I was the basic B word before it existed. I mean, I this, just, let's, let's set the record straight here. No argument here. This is this is a. Uh, this is a show of basic bees, except for <laughs> dudes, but quite basic. Pumpkin spice this. I'm all in. Put uh, Slap a hoodie on me and put me around a fire. Exactly. Mm. So this film, I Know What You Did Last Summer, written by Kevin Williamson. Synopsis real quick. Yeah. Four young friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. Joe, who were those four young friends? So we have, of course, Jennifer Love Hewitt is our lead. Her body is a wonderland. <laughs> sure is. According to John Mayer. And then we have the other teen heartthrobs of the time. We have Sarah Michelle Geller as her best friend. And then we have Freddie Prince Jr., who he and Sarah Michelle Gellar just, just celebrate 18 years of marriage together. Oh, congratulations and to Freddie. I Freddy think this is where they met, too. Who knows? At 97. Being young and in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then the heartthrob of the time, Ryan Phillippe. I was... I, I, Someone forgot to turn that off, but hey, that's okay. How about that? Keep rolling. I was definitely a Ryan Phillippe fan. Uh, fan. I thought he was a very good looking guy, but then you want to know what ruined it for me? Was it that movie? Not, uh, not the other one with Sarah Michelle Gellar. No cruel intentions. I not, loved that. I know movie. you love cruel intentions. It was another one with, uh, who's the girl I had the major crush on Rachel Lee cook. What was that movie called? It was like the cyber one. Antitrust. Antitrust. That's it. I liked that movie. Oh, okay. a lot. What ruined Ryan Phillippe for me, because I, again, I thought he was a good looking guy. It wasn't Crash, was it? He wasn't. No, it wasn't even a film. I can't remember. It was one, it was one of the late night shows though. It might've been Jay Leno. Okay. And he was a special guest. He was hot at the time. Yeah. They kept screaming, not because like he was the, you know, the hottest thing at the time, Mm -hmm. because they likened him to Justin Timberlake from Mm -hmm. NSYNC. So that was that put a big red X on Ryan Phillippe for me for a little while. I mean, they both had that ramen noodle hairstyle. <laughs> they did. <laughs> like that, that thing. So that's what I saw. I, w- I had a big crush on Ryan Phillippe until they, they compared him. They're just like, oh, he's like, yeah, I get confused for Justin Timberlake. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know what? I'm a Backstreet Boys fan, bruh. <laughs> I take it's a year off. You, you were, you were, that was your boy. He was yeah. your go-to guy. If he was in a movie, you were going to see it. Absolutely. And I named two. I thought you disliked one. But no. Yeah. Like them both. And remember the name Antitrust. And who can we should just go around asking people, be like, hey, you remember that movie Antitrust? <laughs> 
see who picks up on it. I'll, I'll never forget because I rented it on from Blockbuster on DVD, <laughs> yeah. and my dad copied it to VHS. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this. So you, you pop in the VHS of this, you know, this, uh-huh. and you see scrolling through the menu to press play. Right. Pretty funny. But for <laughs> I mean, years removed from having to do that stuff. Right. But that's I mean, your dad's just always been the master of that. Back then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, we got it on. We got it on tape now. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Hey, I enjoyed it. I so do. so you already said you went back to this. I was not fortunate enough to watch it. I really wanted to watch it before we did this. Okay. I called up a place you said we we're going to mention quite a bit. I called up Viva Video mm-hmm. in Ardmore. I said, listen, do you have, I know what you did last summer that I could purchase because I, I live in Roxborough, okay. there in Ardmore. He said, you won't believe this. Not only do we not have it for sale, we do have the trilogy for rent, and it currently is out. How about that? Yes. So How you ask, why that? why couldn't I stream it? It just, honestly, it became a matter of time. And when you see that a film, you could buy a physical copy, $7.99, $9.99, I mean, I'm not going to rent something from iTunes for $3.99 when I can buy it for 7 Yeah. So it just became a time crunch. I didn't get to see it again. Why did you not really... Why did it not hold up as well to you now? So here, here's the thing where it gets tricky. So like we... The movie starts and it's like, all right, kids are being kids. They're drinking. They're having a good time. It's the 4th of July. They hit the guy with their car and then it's like, it's silly, which is fine. Like, you know, the guy, like, he's, like, dead, and they drag him down the docks, but then he's not dead, and he's perfectly strong, and then, like, acts like he's some kind of, like, zombie or something, like, just grabs, like, the the crown or tiara or whatever and just, like, slowly sinks to the bottom, which I'm like, whatever. I don't care about that. That's fine. The thing that was, like, throwing me off where it was just, like, it's, like, trying to just move a story along in, like, the weirdest way where it's, like, okay, one year later. So they just went off to their freshman year of college and they haven't seen each other at all. Like it's as if like she's like, just say like Jeffrey Love Hewitt's character never came home for Thanksgiving, winter break, spring break. It's all just like, oh, they act like it's been way more than one year. And that's fine. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then you have Johnny Galecki in there who at the time was just like, hey, let's get the kid from Roseanne back in here. <laughs> right. Let's give him something to do. Put it into context, watching it back yeah. then, thinking like, oh, wow, it's yeah. Darlene's boyfriend. Yeah. David. <laughs> David. That's right. <laughs> so it, there was that. And then it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just, it. it's not very thrilling. It doesn't have much of a thrilling effect. So I was like, eh, I mean, you're just kind of waiting for it and mm, doesn't really capture you. Okay. So, eh. Well, back then I do remember that the character of the fisherman scared me a lot. Yeah. That was, I guess I would have been 12 years old watching. <sighs> yeah. Big difference. The, so there were moments in that film that stuck with me for a while long after and i never looked at a shadow or a like a coat hung up on a wall things like that the same ever again at that age well yeah. ever again i don't want to say eternally yeah. but so what i wanted to ask you about that i was going to ask you this anyway so talking about like it definitely felt more scary at 12 and with the hook especially and if we go back to our third episode manor road which features the hook man. Do you say, do you think that that hit us like maybe a little harder because it's around the same time we heard the same thing? I do. That's what I was thinking. Yes. What like, got me? And I'm like, after like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like we just had this conversations. Right. And it's, they're on the beach in that opening scene telling the same story. <laughs> right. In a different perspective, the way we said this story has been told many different ways. Here we are talking about a movie that starts and is focused on that same story. So it started from a meme that went viral. Which yeah. You didn't do anything last summer being 2020 mm-hmm. because of COVID. Yeah. And 
that brought us to where we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, like thinking back early, early episode, Manor Road. Yeah. Huh. How about the, the hook this, man? Isn't that something? Yes. And that was not planned at all. No. <laughs> it just happened. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So some of the other things is, um, I don't know, everybody in the movie is either like sad or angry or weird. There's very little like normal interaction, which is fine in a horror movie, but like usually like in the background, there's some normal interaction. I don't know. It's just, it just, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right words to describe it. For example, it's like, you know, I can't remember the characters' names in the movie, but like Johnny Galecki, he gets, he's the first one to get killed. Yes, and he was it, it, was he the nerdy guy or the poor guy? So just he's not like having the been... white trash poor guy that Ryan Phillippe picks on. Okay, and he drives by the scene and then just drives away. So I guess the killer feels the need to kill him first, which is not cool. Why yeah. would you, why would you kill that person? Yeah. Well, that... so he works in it's you know it's a fishing town, and he was working on the dock. I guess it was like an ice like you know where they were storing stuff because there's ice everywhere. Hence the the hook for like the big ice blocks is what he's working on. And then um, the killer, that's where he gets it. The hook. He takes the hook, kills Johnny Galecki with the hook. And then we move on. Yes. Yes. Now there is a famous scene from, I still know what you did last summer <laughs> mm-hmm. that you used to be like, you know, that's effed up, man. Because I used to crack up when the one guy got the hook through the mouth and out the chin. So Jack Black. <laughs> no, that <laughs> used to crack me up too. Yeah. But this, and he gets like pulled out of the truck. Oh yeah, the, no. Oh. And I was like, uh-uh. and I was like dying laughing. You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but that's that's the second yeah, one. That I still know we're 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 on. I know. Yeah, I think I, know. I think the thing with like watching these slasher movies is like I think we all have that thing that really cringes us, like a stab to the gut, throats throat slit. That doesn't like give me the ooh, mm-hmm. but anything through the lower jaw like that soft spot of the jaw that and the achilles oh the every, achilles is tough uh, yeah and so in this movie there's a lot of that nice like good hook action through the face which is, uh, yeah that gets me <laughs> but yeah um but i'm not gonna break it down into too much depth because the thing that makes it fun is watching people scream and run around and get cut up right so we get plenty of that or do we get plenty of that no because like (sighs) that's the one thing that killed me that's why i wish you watched it so we could go back and forth on it but it's okay because with the whole killer aspect when they're trying to figure it out there's two names and it's not quite clear how it is the guy who it is or wasn't the guy before? David Egan. Was that the one That's name? That's the first name. Okay. They, who they think it is. All right. After Ryan Phillippe first accuses Johnny Galecki and then punches him at work. Oh, that's right before he dies, too. He, oh. gets, he gets in a scuffle. With with uh, Ryan, Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe. Phillippe. And then he gets killed. Whereas, like, Ryan Phillippe only gets run over with the truck and the guy stands over him and it fades out. And you find him in a hospital bed, and he's okay. Okay. I remember the name. Of who the actual killer? I don't remember the name, but it's like, even in the movie, I was trying to figure out, I'm just like, how did they really come to this? Like, yes. Okay. So the a lot of plot holes leading up to the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Kevin Williamson, having pulled off Scream successfully, of course, Wes Craven directed, I know. Oh, yeah. But the story was written by Kevin Williamson, pretty accomplished horror writer at that time that would that surprises me that he would leave that kind of a so so now being an adult and being able to put this thing in order and kind of pack it together you get to the reveal and it's like well huh uh-huh. yeah i mean yeah. that's pretty much it it's like it's david egan and it's like well it's not and then we go and see Anne hayes who's just weird right for right. no reason she serves no other purpose other than they're interviewing her from what I can remember. So, I can't remember if she does anything else. Does Jennifer Love Hewitt go, like, does she find Anne Heche? Her and Sarah she, Michelle Geller both go. 
How did they get to that point? How, so what made them say, we have to go visit this woman? She started looking up like uh, yearbooks and like news articles. So she found like the one news article, dead body David Egan's found. And that's how she's able to tie David Egan to her. Okay. So there was a news yeah. article. They read David Egan's name pops up. So they, they yeah. find... And and Anne Heche had lost somebody. I can't remember if it was her brother or, or her uh, lover. I I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, something something like that. It's like her brother, and I think he's the one who's the killer. Can I say the name? Oh yeah, I mean if you're again, we say this whenever we're covering a movie. Everybody, you should really anticipate spoilers. This there's if you're listening to the Red River Horror Podcast. Yeah. There's going to be spoilers. Yeah. Now, we can welcome in a lot of our newer listeners. Uh, want a big shout out real quick to More Than the Curve. Yes. Your Concha Hawk and Ghost story with Evan. Yes. Was featured in More Than the Curve. It was. And we can tell that a lot of people really... Checked it out. Checked it out. So, yeah. so moving on, if, if you're a listener that came to us from More Than the Curve with this ghost story, understand from here on out... There's just, there's spoilers yeah. for we're, every movie. We're talking, we're having fun. We're talking, yeah, spoilers for movies because we're going to talk about the whole thing. Uh, and then, you know, we got our other things like the first one you heard was the ghost story. And you'll see, we're just going to shake it up week by week. Keep it interesting. Yep. Um, so, and then the killer turns out to be a guy named Ben Willis. Yes. Who was the actual guy they killed or didn't kill? It, he survived. I, I can't remember at this point. I, re, I just was like, I, I, it ended and I was like, even the ending bothered me. Hmm. Because it's like, you know, you just had a chance to finish the job and instead decide to go back to, oh, I'm going to scare you. <laughs> was there a jump scare at the end? All right. So. There was. Okay. And now it's like, I feel like I have to watch the second one because it's like, I guess it was like set up where it's like, that would be the ending, but it did well enough to get a sequel. Right. I don't remember how that gets resolved in the sequel. Do you, do you remember? <laughs> Cause he comes. So it's like, she sees that and it's like in the steamy showers, I still know. And then crash credits roll. Right. He comes jumping out and I'm like, wait a minute. How do they resolve this going into the next going like and I still know. So if you're with us up to this point, we're talking about I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Let's put a timeline together here. The four beautiful young people mm -hmm. hit somebody, they have a night of drinking and and you know singing, sex, sex, all that fun stuff. Yeah. They hit somebody. They think he's dead. Yeah. So they ditch the body in, it's a seaside town, so it has to be the ocean. Mm -hmm. So they toss him in the ocean. They toss him in the ocean. Then they make a pact to never talk about it. Yeah. Aggressively. Right. A year later, they all start receiving communications that say, I know what you did last summer. The mm -hmm. title of the film. Perfect. Long title. So? These... These four teens are now the target because we've come to find that who would know what they did last summer, but the person trying to kill them. Now, it could right. have been they could have tried to throw us thrown us off the track yeah. with Johnny Galecki saying, oh, is it this kid? Because yeah. he the drove up. The first assumption is, oh, he's definitely dead. It's somebody who knows. So it's like Johnny Galecki who drove by. He's quickly eliminated. Then Ryan Phillippe runs and punches Freddie Prince Jr. Right. And then he's quickly run out of a car and it's like, well, who the fuck could it be? Right. So now we're up to this point. Johnny Galecki gets killed. So yeah. it's not Johnny Galecki. He's eliminated. Mm. Uh, somebody takes the hook. We're introduced to the character, the fisherman. Yep. Big black slicker. slicker. Uh, big hook. Mm. And I believe he kills. I can't remember if he kills. Sarah Michelle Geller's character or Ryan Phillippe's character first? Ryan Phillippe. He kills Ryan Phillippe first. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's Ryan Phillippe gets it after being like a total, total dick. Yeah. Not a likable <laughs> character. It's his idea to throw, to get rid of the body instead of call the cops. Right. And then he, he gets, he's in like 
a gym, like a boxing gym that's on a dock. (laughs) And that's where he gets like his first scare is like his lockers open. It's like, I still know, even though the whole place is empty, he comes walking out and there's like an old man working the desk. And he's just like, see anybody else come in here? He's just like, only me and you in here, kid. It's like, okay. So then he goes outside, but someone's in his, was it a BMW or a Benz? I think it's a BMW. No, Benz. Okay. Like his nice car. Cause he's the rich kid. He's, he's and he has the college, big house, right? College quarterback. And, uh, his car just goes flying in reverse and then chases him down and runs him over. And then he gets, he gets his kill is when Sarah Michelle Gellar is handing over her crown to the next Miss Southport, Northport, whatever the name of the town is. Let's and see. he's like up in the balcony. Do you remember? Uh, yes. He's up they're, in the, uh, they're all up in the balcony, right? Oh, no. That's the, in the beginning. Uh-huh. No, it's just Ryan Phillippe up in the balcony watching, and Sarah Michelle Gellar's on stage in front of everybody and sees him coming from behind, and she starts screaming hysterically. And Ryan Philippi gets killed up there and she causes a whole scene and the whole audience is like, oh my God, what's wrong with this girl? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the cop's just like, hey, 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 calm it down, calm it down, come with me. And they go walking up and it's like all nice and tense, but then, you know, the cop doesn't see anything. There's no blood trail, but there's like a bloody, there's blood on like a, the back stairwell, but they don't go back there. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and if I remember correctly, Sarah Michelle Geller gets killed pretty much. There's the Fourth of July parades going on right. <laughs> she's in this alleyway. Yep. And okay. And then there's another casualty as well. And I, I only bring it up because uh, it was someone that was popular in the earlier '90s from Billy Madison. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Brid- Bridget Wilson. Yeah, I yeah. think if that's. If that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, she plays uh, Adam Sandler's love interest in uh, right. Billy Madison. So she's she's sisters of Sarah Michelle Gellar. So I'm just yeah. just putting the timeline together because we we kind of jumped to the end. There's there's yeah. a jump sca- It's it's a slasher film. You it, really don't yeah. need people don't need us to give them the full story. Right? We're just gonna have fun and break it down. But it's important. But uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras, her her character is she married to Pete? Yeah. Huh. Let's, huh? I mean, I would be like, oh, we really did our homework, but this is the worst part of ho- like this would be re- stupid homework. Who cares? The, yeah, because now we're just curious. <laughs> uh, so while well, you're looking that up, so what it is is so they're Sarah Michelle Geller and her dad. They, he owns like a department store where it's like Jill Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller are best friends. And like you remember the first time she walks into the department store and sees her, like first line is like, oh, what's her? What's Sarah Michelle Gellar's New York number because she's going to be moved to New York and be an uh, actress. And she's like, she doesn't have a New York number. She's over there in fragrance. <laughs> so there, she's in the department store. So it was after Sarah Michelle Gellar was getting chased. Right. She gets away and then like she lets her in through the front door and she's like, why didn't you just, the back door's unlocked. Why didn't you go through the back door? And she's like, fuck it. She's like, go lock it. So she goes walking to the back and gets hooked. Gets hooked. Yeah, but in that scene, it's very important because I wasn't used to the horror tropes that we are now. Yeah. The fisherman's covered in the, there's mannequins back there. Yes. And he's covered in one of those plastic mm-hmm. things, then all the mannequins are covered, and just it, was, it was one of those suspenseful moments, at least for yeah. me back then, where, I, was that Sarah Michelle Gellar walking through, and then he pops out? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so a real quick sidebar. Yes. Bridget Wilson is married to Pete Sampras, hence the name Bridget Wilson Sampras. One heck of a tennis player. Yeah. I know nothing about tennis. I'm uh, sorry. That Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, and she was Sonya in Mortal Kombat too, right? Yeah. Wow. Was it Sonya? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Again. Yeah. Just random drops. <laughs> so... The, I don't know. Did you cover, you know, tell, tell me something fun. I'm not going to, like, I would watch this again in a group setting. I'm not going to say I hated it, but it was just like by myself, not something that I would enjoy. I would enjoy it more in a group for like the nostalgia purposes. Like 
being like, oh, that soundtrack. Like the soundtrack for this one's actually not as not as many big titles as you'd think, but it's like the summer typo negative summer breeze <laughs> cover opens up, which is summer breeze makes me feel fine. It's like a uh, dark version of that. And it was the first time. Now I love this band retroactively, but it was the first time I heard the song Hush. Mm. It was not by Deep Purple. They, there was obviously a '90s yeah the cover version a lot cover. Of covers. Yeah, but Hush. Who did that? Well, let's let's go through the soundtrack right yeah, here. Dude. Let's let's go through the track listing of. I know what you did last summer soundtrack since you brought it up. Yeah, that's what I went for because like the Scream soundtracks were always like money. Yeah, yeah, they so, were. I mean, it came. You know, you wanted that CD. It was a Scream Two. Scream 3. Scream 3 was the... Scream, Scream 3 soundtrack was better than the movie. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. So think about that. Right, let's um, see if we can... Okay, we'll go through Summer Breeze, written by Jim Seals, Dash Crofts. Yes, performed by Typo Negative. Yep. Portsmouth, performed by the Band of the Royal Marines. I feel like we should know this one, but I don't know it. Dude, there's... I'm telling you, it's not, not like how we were just getting hype of talking about the Scream soundtrack and how other 90s soundtracks were. This ain't it. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure if we looked up the second one, there's probably bigger names in it. Yeah, because it was... But not so much in here. So let's find that hush. And then after that, I mean... Well, DUI, uh, The Offspring. Mm. Forgotten 2 by Ugly Beauty. Wake Up Call, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, Waterfall. The Din Pedals. I know that name. I don't really know them. Let's see. Oh, Hey Bulldog, written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, performed mm. by Toad the Wet Sprocket. There's yeah. a 90s drop for you. Here's a classic. Summer Breeze. Mm -hmm. The uh, original. Yeah, written by Jim Seals, Dash Crofts. Barry Fosman performed. Nah. All right, so Hush. Who performed by Kula Shocker. I don't know who that is. K U L A. Uh, that is Shaker. K U L A S H A K E R. Huh. Honestly, didn't think of this song until now you have me reminiscing. Didn't <laughs> think of this song until now because I loved that song. My dad's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, Deep Purple." Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no. but the, sure. oh, that's not it. <laughs> so, so anyway, that was that was wow. Uh -huh. That'll be another episode. We'll go through soundtracks. <laughs> right. But this, well, but I know what you did last summer. There was a method to the madness. Budget, reported budget of mm -hmm. 17 million, mm -hmm. grossed 125.2 million. Okay. So that makes perfect sense why it was like the ending was definitive, earns that much cash. It's like, do it again. Right. Do it again. Yes, and they did it. They went for star power again, a little more of a, uh, I think they tried to broaden their horizons in the second one. It was Brandy and, ooh, Mackay Pfeiffer. Mm, were for, so, it's either Mackay Pfeiffer or Omar Epps. Omar, oh. So, I can't remember, but Jack Black plays the Rastafarian in there. Not credited. Jack Black is not credited. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, that might have been like a bad IMDb or something, but I don't know. Maybe maybe next Memorial Day. We'll we'll give this a year to breathe. <laughs> next Memorial Day, we'll go in we'll go into I still know what you did last summer. We won't touch I'll always know. No matter what. I didn't get there yet. Yeah, that's I That was the straight to DVD. Yeah. Late 2000s like, "Hey, <laughs> remember this name?" Yeah, anybody want some of this? You want some of this? But wow, it reportedly grossed 125.2 million. So getting back to, we kind of gave the timeline, get to the ending. You said there is a bit of a jump scare. I think I remember what happens. The fisherman gets his uh, arm cut off or his hand cut off. So that's in the final showdown. The Between Freddie Prince, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and the fisherman. Yes. So he's going for, he's got the opening for that last swipe kill. Goes to swing and his hand gets caught in the mass. Uh, Mast? Oh, now we're talking boat parts. I have no idea. <laughs> Boats. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, so we're either way, so he gets caught in like some rope on the mast. I'll just say it that way. I he mean, gets hung up you in know some what, wood. That thing that goes up 
And then Freddie Prince like draws it and it starts going up and his hands cut and it's like tied with the rope and then it gets dismembered and the hand's still caught in the rope. So like even when they bring it in, they just have the hand, they don't have the body, they just have the hand. Okay. Which is why in the second one, he just has a bloody stump with a hook in it. Right. Kind of Candyman-ish, which, hey man, like, yeah, it's been done. It has, but I don't expect. No. I, I don't. I don't expect Candyman is such a. We're we're definitely going to do something on Candyman. If you haven't read uh, Stacy Lane Wilson's twenty fifth anniversary piece, I highly suggest you do that. If you're into the film Candyman, I think Candyman's on another level as far as writing, yeah. direction, yeah. obviously acting. There were some yeah. good actors in Candyman. Completely different film. Cerebral had a re- very. You know, a social commentary. Oh yeah, effective film. I know what you did last summer. It's it's some some beautiful people getting hacked up. Yeah, and it's and that's all it is. There's nothing to it other than just '90s star power and the fun that goes with it. Okay. So again, total watch in a group. Just be like, oh, look at that. Look at the clothes. Look at the hair. Like, <laughs> oh, now they're getting killed. Oh, watch out. You know, in that sense, it's fun. Uh, by my, well, no, I watched it with my fiance, but hmm. it was like, oh boy. <laughs> she uh, took one for the team. She, she did. She was like, okay, I'll. She's like, oh, not, I don't think I've ever seen that one. I'm like, well, you are, uh, in for something maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I liked it as a kid. It just, you know, didn't hit the same because I already knew everything that happened, I guess. But I, I would recommend it for a group watching if you were going to do a 90s horror movie night i mean i'd definitely throw that in there yeah oh yeah you're to. gonna do the 90s it's, slasher you got to do the late the yeah. late 90s slashers yeah. if you're doing hot kids getting cut yeah then that's definitely on the list um the one thing i did notice i'm sorry if this is in your notes because when i talked about like the no blood trail uh and even pete sampras's wife's death Veronica Vaughn, so I want to touch tiny. So even when she <laughs> dies, it, you can kind of tell a lot of the blood's post-production. And oh. even like the fade out when the guy's standing over Ryan Phillippe, there's a lot of things where it's like, you can tell that it was like added after the fact. So it's like, almost like if it's like a cut, stop, and then back for blood. So apparently the director didn't want it to be too bloody. Okay. And that first cut was like, well, where's anything it's very dry so a lot of a lot of blood and effect was added well after i mean there's like, a method to that there are definitely directors and people who believe in that style i remember famously rick rosenthal director of halloween 2 he always said that he had a more suspenseful film a slower yeah. film in halloween 2 and that was his direction and he said John Carpenter pretty much came in and said, no, it's got to be more gory. And yeah. that's why some of the stuff was added. So there's there's a there's yeah. a method to that madness. And I totally get it. And I believe that there's just a fine line between too much and not enough. Whereas like if you are going to be a slasher, you should probably have something, you know. But this was like, eh, I mean... Not like, you know, it doesn't have to be like an Eli Roth film. Right. But just like, you know, some if you're going to cut somebody open, like... They got to bleed. Especially if it's <laughs> every kill is like that, you got to show something. And I thought, thinking back on it, and again, I'm going to watch this now, I have to. You do. Thinking back then, I thought it was pretty brutal. I mean, a hook... I think the hook pretty- itself just... Come feels that way. Yeah. Whereas she, so the kill count is, oh, we'll get into that, right? Uh, I think we, we can go through the kill count because yeah. I want to give a little throwback. We yeah. talked about Phantasm in our second episode, the Red mm-hmm. River Horror podcast, and we were introduced to it through this compilation. Well, the Boogeyman, the killer compilation. Yes. So we have a very special treat for listeners where you're going to watch that with the fisherman. Yes. So I think we can do the kill count. Awesome, yeah. 
All right, hit me with that kill count, and let's let's you have it up. So let's use the actual like characters' names in the movie because <laughs> we're going by the actors' name the whole time. All right, I'm going by memory here. Okay, and we just did a quick timeline. So Max gets killed first. Do you want me to give the actor's name? That it. Well, I'll I'll guess it. Okay, that's Johnny Galecki. All right. Okay. Next, Barry gets killed. Okay, Ryan Phillippe. Yep, you're right. Helen. Oh no no no! Wait wait! I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Like a Helen. Elsa is after, so it's Max, Barry, Elsa. Okay. Elsa is, uh, that is the, uh, what's her face? Bridget Wilson Sampras. Yes. Yes. You got it. And Helen would be uh, what <laughs> I believe. Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Michelle Geller. Helen. So you got uh, in order Don't here, worry. what I, and this is, this is going by memory, I swear. Ready? Max. Barry, Elsa, Helen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. All right. So now let's let's go to the the tape. We didn't do this on purpose again. Nope. Boogeyman, the killer compilation. No, this was this was just so big for our <laughs> movie viewing and everything we ever did was watch this tape. Boogeyman that gives us <laughs> stats. So as we're watching this, you'll hear. Some of the clips, and we'll read off. It's like pop-up video, but for horror movies, great. So Absolutely. Let's get in there with the Boogeyman, the killer compilation. Right on screen, mysterious killer in black fishing gear. Wields a deadly metal hook. Stalks the teens who left him for dead after a horrible car accident. All right, here we go. Flicks back. The two I Know What You Did movies grossed over $200 million worldwide. So the first one did the bulk of that. Yep. Lock the other door. I'll call the police. What is going on? The first movie was based on Lois Duncan's book by the same name. Dude, I didn't know that. I didn't even remember that at all. How about that? The novel was a morality tale, not a horror story. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. I can totally see that. Well, what song is this? this. It was about four teens who hide the fact that they accidentally killed a child. That's just sad, and I'm glad they did an adult in this. Yeah. Because that, I mean, Friday the 13th is a child. Freddie Prince Jr., who stars in the movie, read the book in the fourth grade. Bridget Wilson. So did you see how that blood was after the... Fa- like? Yes. You don't see it? Writer Kevin Williamson based the book of the of the look of the movie's villain on Elsa. his father. How about that? Hmm. A fisherman who lived and worked in North Carolina. Makes sense. Elsa? And that's where we're based. Elsa, where are you? Hughes Watson, who plays Fisherman is a trained Shakespearean actor. Is that common in horror movies? It's like the killers have like a either no background or a deep background. Fisherman's hook is not a harmless movie prop. It's made of sharpened, forged steel. This is a long scene, so we might get both deaths. Yeah, about three minutes. Wow. Here's that mannequin thing. All right. Part of the film was shot in the exact location used for Hitchcock's The Birds. So California, way far from North uh, Carolina. It was in both, I think. Another port was shot near Williamson's boyhood home in North Carolina. These are all the flicks facts. <laughs> so Michelle Geller. He's covered in the, the mannequin thing. Yeah. And that's all she wrote on that one. Wow. You know, very good scene. Especially, you know, the mannequin thing is probably the the best pop-up in the whole movie. Yeah, a little bit of suspense. Yeah. And like, the, I mean, not in a bad way. The thing that takes away from is like, you know, he's already there, but you don't know where. So that part's cool. 
And Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller doesn't know he's there. No, exactly. So, so you so put yourself in her shoes. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. So before we leave, I did want to give the director credit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim Gillespie. So he directed the film. Uh, Lois Duncan credited, obviously, with writing the novel. Kevin Williamson, uh, the screenplay. Nice. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Haish is billed third. Interesting. You know what? She was big at that time. Yeah. So, um, and this was before the Psycho remake, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. But she was, she was like a, she was known by then. So I think she had like some kind of star power. I can't remember what, cause I was a kid and didn't watch adult movies. So yeah. Couldn't tell you what dramas or whatever she was in. She wasn't in comedies. I know that. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is pre Ellen DeGeneres relationship. I don't remember. That was like, because I was, I was all about TRL and that life. Yeah. So that's a whole lot of who cares about Anne Heche. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Sure. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, um, but fun movie. Watch it with your friends for the nostalgia. Do you got any more fun stuff for? For I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Uh, nothing other than the fact that I have to watch either the DVD or the stream because the last time I saw I know what you did last summer was on VHS. Yeah. So I got to get the high def experience. Yeah. And and honestly, the Fisherman did scare me a lot when I was a kid. That yeah. look, even though there is a reveal at the end, and it's pretty random the reveal at that. Him donning the costume with the hook. Uh, did freak me out. Oh yeah, the character. Yeah, but after watching this, I mean, it's an it's a what I thought was a competition at the time. It's a no competition. That scream is the definitive '90s slasher. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about yeah. it. And Sarah Michelle gets butchered in both. She does in Scream Two. Scream Two. That's right. She's uh, she's at the sorority house yeah. in a scene that you can actually see in Halloween twenty years later. H two O. That's right. <laughs> Are you going to die tonight, CC? So, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. What a gem. Oh, man. So that's going to wrap us up on the I Know What You Did Last Summer. And we hope everybody made the best of their summer. Yes. You know, I mean, I think I did. It it did go by quick. So, I mean, but what else are you going to do? I worked a lot. And then we started this. So if you think about it, we had a pretty good summer getting the podcast off the ground. This was very important to, this, to start. Yeah, this is our highlight, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll take that. Yes, if there's anything we got out of the summer of COVID, it was the Red River Horror Podcast. Yeah, let's get a little positive spin on it. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's the beginning of the month. It's, it's going to be It's gonna be September. It is. It is September, the 7th, Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So that means on RedRiverHorror.com, what do we have? RedRiverHorror.com, the September 2020 horror preview with Nick Cush from Movie Babble. Awesome. So we'll go through some of that now. And of course, you go to RedRiverHorror.com every month, the beginning of the month, you'll see these releases. So I'm just going to read a little bit from Nick's piece here. Cool. Even before the era of COVID-19, September has always been an odd month for horror films. With October waiting in the wings, many studios keep their A-plus horror material for the lead-up to Halloween, leaving the start of the fall season fairly quiet. In the meantime, if you're struggling for your horror fix, be sure to check out Shudder's 61 Days of Halloween. Wow, Shudder is the horror streaming service. Yes. Service, of course. Uh, which has new Shutter Originals and streaming service premieres dropping regularly throughout the month. Luckily, Netflix, along with Lionsgate, due to COVID-19-related delays, is picking up the slack with the release of two major thrillers. So we're going to take a look at September here. September 4th, early buzz on Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, hmm. other than thousands of jabs made at it for all its lowercase title, is it's largely indescribable blending drama, thriller, and horror elements together in an attempt to explain the unexplainable sensation of creeping and existential dread. Ooh. So be on the lookout for I'm Thinking of Ending Things, a Ooh. film by Charlie Kaufman. You cool. Can, you can see the trailer at the site, the mm. little description there. So that's 
Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, just because I saw it on our Twitter feed here, the return of the pumpkin spice latte. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. Joe, for me, that's yeah. all I have. If, if you have any questions, our listeners out there, for me, if you wanted to hit us up, give us ideas, want us to talk about your favorite title, yep. if you have a scary story, redriverhorror at gmail.com, and you can hit me up at redriverhorror. And Joe, I'll let you take it away. Yes, and you can tweet at me at redriverjoe on Twitter. And one thing that I wish we could cover, Ed, but the way we record doesn't quite fit, and I'm going to highly, I just highly recommend this show because I love it so much. It's on HBO on Sunday nights, Lovecraft Country. Oh, I am hooked into this. I mean, it gets my blood pumping. I am really, it's creepy. It's thrilling. It's, you know, Jordan Peele and uh, JJ Abrams teaming up for, this has just been an absolute gem. Excellent. I like, like, I like the Lovecraft lore. So if you're into Cthulhu, (laughs) check it on out. All right. So Uh, that's Lovecraft country. Lovecraft country on HBO on Sundays, Uh, dude, I'm telling you. Can I use your login? We'll, use, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I have to get like my own login again because I use <laughs> not my own. All right. Shh, don't tell anybody. Well, again, yeah. if you want to hit me up, I'm Eddie Kayazo. And I'm Joe Zakreski. And please keep traveling those channels of fear. Let me give you some advice. When you leave a man for dead, make sure he's really dead. <laughs>